Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at Dennis and Barbara Rainey's book, Staying Close. The subtitle is Stopping the Natural Drift Toward Isolation in Marriage. Dennis says that in almost every divorce that he has observed, isolation was the major cause leading to the couple finally parting ways. Isolation seems to suck life from its victims. Today I want to start looking at a section of his book that's titled The Seven Threats to Oneness and Intimacy. You know, I remember when television first became a consumer product. We were living in the country in central Oregon. We didn't have a TV, but our neighbors did. One night, we went over to watch their TV, and the program that was on was The Ed Sullivan Show. One of the acts I remember watching was a performer who came out on stage with a stack of porcelain plates. He set the stack on a long table, took one of the plates, and somehow started it spinning on a stick that was about two feet high. Then he moved down the table and started another plate spinning on another stick. In a few seconds, he had six, seven, even eight plates merrily spinning away. You've seen similar performances, and you know what happened next. The performer runs back and forth as the plates begin to teeter to get the teetering plates spinning again. And then as the act closes... He would start at one end of the table and collect each teetering plate until he had the entire stack safely in his hands. Well, Ed Sullivan's show is gone now, but in a very real way, the plates still spin in your home and mine. Picture the starry-eyed couple as they walk up the aisle and say, I do. They start at the end of the table and spin that first big plate called marriage. They're madly in love, and it's just wonderful, playing house, keeping that plate spinning. But then the inevitable happens. They discover there is more than one plate. They have careers, and perhaps they move to a different community and make new friends. They join a church and become involved in their neighborhood. All those plates need spinning, too, and so that first plate called marriage begins to slow a bit. Then some little saucers come along, and things really get interesting. The average number of saucers is somewhere around two. You may have more. The husband and wife are pulled their separate ways, meeting deadlines, scratching off to-do lists, putting in 14 to 18-hour days, and falling into bed exhausted. Time for each other becomes a memory, and inevitably that first big plate suffers neglect. Isolation starts taking its toll and oneness begins to waver. Every marriage must move in one direction or the other, toward oneness or toward isolation. Avoiding isolation by maintaining oneness is the critical issue of any marriage. But many of us find our marital plates teetering off balance because of unforeseen forces and factors that continue to threaten and undermine intimacy. These threats seldom subside, and if they are not met with commitment, determination, and a plan, isolation will extract its price. Threat number one, 
a complex culture. Whatever happened to the simple life? Rare is the couple that doesn't grapple with friction caused by the complexity of modern life. Even a brief look at the culture of our present day will tell you there is little about it that encourages oneness in a marriage. In fact, there is much that is driving the wedges of isolation deep into relationships between husbands and wives. I think most people today do not realize how deeply we have been influenced by the sociological changes of the last hundred years. Our culture has come to think of the family as a risk, not the harbor and safe haven it used to be. A hundred years ago, family members had to depend on one another. If they did not function as a team, their survival was at stake. The standard of living was not an issue except among a much smaller percentage of the population living in cities. The pressure to survive fused families together. But today, selfishness is eroding the cement of commitment, causing marriages to crumble. You know, in the 1800s, life was fairly simple. The economy was basically agrarian, and most people lived on farms, working 80 hours a week to grow their own food and make most of their own clothes and furnishings. In 1859, 75% of the population was located in rural areas. These cultural islands offered natural protection to marriages and families because there was little opportunity to make comparisons between what you had and what was available elsewhere. Today, however, 83% of Americans live in urban areas, and by 2050, it is projected to be 89%. We are urban, mobile, and constantly tempted to compare what we don't have with those who appear to have it all. These comparisons can be one of the most lethal forms of poison for any marriage. Well, how do we make comparisons? Picture the typical morning as a man gets up and starts his day. He may kiss his wife goodbye and head out the door, but more than likely she will head out the door with him or ahead of him. They may ride to work together or each take separate cars to different destinations. As he rolls down the freeway, the husband drives by two or three beautiful women who beckon seductively from billboards with ample skin showing. In his office, he greets his own attractive secretary who is beautifully dressed in an aerobically honed size 7 with a perfect hairdo and flawless makeup. That evening, our hero arrives home and flips on the tube to relax. There it is, a rerun of his favorite show. More beautiful women falling into bed with the main characters. Then up pops a commercial selling beers, cars, or shampoo, with even more perfectly shaped young things blessed with glistening hair, perfect white teeth, and flawless skin. Our modern warrior glances over at his harried wife. She is cooking dinner as two screaming kids with runny noses cling to her legs like small anchors. More than one hair is definitely out of place. The baby has spit up on her blouse, and she smells more like broccoli than cologne. And hubby begins to think, What's happening here? How did I end up with this? Of course, it's easy to reverse the picture in this day of the working wife and female executive. She can go through the same kind of comparisons, complete with billboards full of Greek gods displaying glistening muscles 
washboard abs, and no love handles. When she returns home at night, she can flip on the tube to channel surf and watch any number of handsome hunks. She glances over to her slightly balding, somewhat paunchy companion and thinks, This is having it all? The point is, we do compare. It's unavoidable. And our mates are usually no match for the competition, whether it's at work or on a magazine cover or even at church. Even if your spouse is still slim, trim, and attractive, there is always somebody more attractive who pops up on TV, a billboard, or maybe across the back fence. The basic problem with comparisons is that they are based on fantasy games played from a distance. The beautiful people on TV don't look quite that good up close and personal at 6 a.m. It's always easy to think the grass is greener on the other guy's lawn until you look closely and see all the dandelions and crabgrass. A hundred years ago, however, comparison games weren't played as much because most people were too busy with another game. It was called survival. A man got up at four or five in the morning, fed the stock, milked the cows, and then had a hearty breakfast with his wife. Later, he didn't gaze at billboards on the way down the freeway. Instead, for the next twelve hours or so, he plowed furrows. And when he came in at night, there was no TV. Instead, he saw his wife. And after his day in the fields, she looked pretty good. His marriage had a natural, built-in protection, one that is missing today. The bottom line of this brief sketch of sociological change from the last century to our present day is this. Your marriage is being deeply influenced by the culture in which you live, and much of that influence does not encourage marital oneness. Instead, our culture fosters isolation. And if we don't recognize and deal with this, we will fall prey to it. Now let's look at threat number two, difficult adjustments. As you look at all those spinning plates and possibly saucers in your life right now, take an inventory. How many are there? And how are they spinning? Our problem is that we repeatedly underestimate the energy it takes to spend them. And just as importantly, we don't anticipate the adjustments that come with marriage and with each plate we add. Most couples have not adequately prepared for the gravitational pull of these adjustments on the marriage relationship. We have difficulty making the adjustments in the following areas. Differing backgrounds, financial pressures, job demands, religious differences, children, sexual performance, personality differences, and so on. Different values come out in literally dozens of ways when you get married. Some of them are funny. Others are not. But as you work through these different values, remember you have a choice. Isolation or oneness. It won't be easy. Your different backgrounds brought you into marriage with totally different expectations. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, 
mutualunderstanding.net, click on the Mum Live tab, and view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.